$47.80 a barrel. And we join in the line now by Nadir Token, Investment Analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your listeners. Uh, I'm smiling at uh, the Brent crude price right now, but uh, let's rather talk about the potential for a merger between Steinoff and ShopRite. Yeah, Sakina, I mean, uh, we actually, on uh, on Monday, after hearing the news of Whitey Besson resigning by the end of the year, we actually saw ShopRite shares uh, just sharply spiking upwards, and it has nothing to do with Whitey Besson uh, retiring per se, but or it does indirectly, but, uh, you know, it, had, it, it, it was primarily due to the fact that we could potentially see, um, you know, one, being one step closer to being a, to a merger between Steinoff and ShopRite. We know that uh, Whitey Besson was reported to be one of the main opponents to the deal um, with uh, Christo Visa, the, the largest single shareholder in both ShopRite and Steinoff being the largest proponents of the deal, um, you know, owning 18% of Steinoff and around 16% of ShopRite individually, um, you know, and, and it would really make sense for uh, Christo Visa, the deal would make sense for him, uh, you know, consolidating all his discount retail assets under one umbrella um, in Steinoff, and uh, we know that Steinoff has been on an aggressive acquisition spree since listing on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange late last year, in fact, in December last year. Um, and they're really looking to become a retail giant, a, a global retail giant. We know that they're already the second largest uh, household good retailer in Europe after IKEA, um, and they're looking to add to the discount retail uh, stable through the through the, um, you know, the acquisition of, of Shoprite as well. Or at least Christo Visa, the chairman um, of both companies, is looking to do exactly that. Sakina. So um, you know, it would obviously bring a significant amount of procurement gain to. Uh, to Steinoff, which has really been uh, the logic behind a number of their deals. If you look at, uh, uh, you know, the deal they've done earlier this year in the UK with Poundland, if you look at the deal they've done um, you know, with Mattress Firm in the US, first of all, to gain exposure uh, within the US, but also to gain uh, further procurement benefits in the mattress in the mattress game, uh, where they already have a business in the UK, which has been a phenomenally high margin business for them. Um, so Steinoff really continuing on its aggressive uh, spree to acquire companies and, uh, you know, holding true to its promise to be one of the largest discount retailers on the planet uh, within the next five years. And that really was the ambition behind listing on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange, uh, you know, one of the major stock exchanges of the world, um, in order to gain the coverage of an increasing number of analysts and uh, portfolio managers, uh, uh, you know, in terms of raising funding to go on this acquisition, uh, this aggressive acquisition spree. So, Sakina, makes sense from a procurement perspective, uh, you know, the Christo Visa has done it before selling Pepcor to uh, Steinoff and at the end of 2014 for 62.8 billion rand, um, and that was on around about a 20 times forward multiple. So, you know, if we do see uh, a deal being done with ShopRite sometime in the future, uh, you know, it, 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 shareholders of ShopRite would certainly expect a similar kind of uh, exit multiple of around 20 times earnings, which would obviously unlock uh, a lot of value for ShopRite shareholders, uh, you know, it's a business which continues to invest or growth in South Africa and Africa. It's a business which obviously has fairly significant procurement, uh, procurement, you know, given the given the scale and given a, an in excess of 30% market share of the South African uh, food retail industry and a, and a growing market share of the African food uh, retail industry, uh, given their ability to stock their stores on time um, and continue to invest for growth. So, Sakina, uh, a deal 
deal which would make sense for Steinhoff in terms of uh, adding to their scale and adding to their procurement benefits, adding to their uh, margin accretion and really uh, pushing up their return on equity and return on invested capital and uh, possibly a deal which would make sense for ShopRite shareholders in terms of unlock, unlocking a significant amount of value depending on the final uh, multiple that Steinhoff is willing to pay for a ShopRite deal. So, you know, with the exit of Whitey Basson, uh, you know, stalwart at ShopRite over the last 37 years and uh, touted to be one of the main opponents to the deal, uh, you know, we could possibly be one step closer to that merger. And then, of course, yesterday also uh, new car sales numbers came out. And uh, what did that look like, Lydia? Yeah, Sakina, dismal yet again, but it was to be expected. You know, we saw another 10.1% decline in new car sales year on year. And it just, uh, you know, it's always, it, the new car sales has always been the, the big reality check on as to the state of the South African economy for the last couple of months. You know, I mean, we've seen uh, some very positive numbers coming out at the margin with regards to things like PMI data, with regards to things like manufacturing growth, certainly with regards to things like our, our trade balance, which we discussed earlier this week which came out last month, again, in positive territory. Um, you know, and inflation numbers certainly been, uh, been coming down or been curbing downwards, uh, you know, back to within the Reserve Bank target band of 3 to 6%. Um, but, you know, the new car sales numbers has always been the final reality check as to the state of uh, the South African economy, that it still is exceptionally brittle. Uh, the South African consumer is, is under a significant amount of strain, and there certainly isn't demand for the big-ticket items like new cars just yet and uh, you know these numbers with uh, new car sales year and year in terms of the number of units at just under 49,000 units sold um, over the year from October last year to October this year and that's a 10.1% decline as mentioned earlier uh, but I suppose the one ray of light would be that uh, we, we actually increased the number of cars which we exported by 10.8% over the year from October last year to October this year uh, to just under 31,000 vehicle units exported over the course of the year. So, um, you know, that's certainly an indication or hopefully an indication that, uh, you know, global demand in, in pockets of, of, of the global economy is picking up. We have seen that global GDP numbers have been uh, continuously revised downwards, but we know that, uh, you know, there's components of the market which are contributing, uh, you know, inadvertently to that, and hopefully there still are pockets of uh, opportunity in terms of global growth. And, you know, it really feeds through into South Africa's trade numbers. We see our export data continuously improving month on month. Again, last month, uh, you know, exports surging by uh, sort of 6.8% um, from, 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 from September to October. So, you know, export data seems to be improving, which is a, probably a ray of light at the end of the tunnel for the South African economy. Hopefully, if pockets of the global economy continue to improve, uh, you know, it could drag us out of a very, very low growth environment, um, although we, we still certainly not out of the woods yet, Sakina, despite uh, spatterings of good economic data coming out. And then uh, just very briefly, another set of interesting numbers out yesterday, Nadir, uh, China's PMI uh, also coming out. Yes, Sakin, I mean, it was an encouraging set of numbers. You know, there's been a lot being made about the slowdown in China. Are they going to achieve 7% or 6.5% economic growth, which is what uh, they're targeting for this year? What is the state of the manufacturing and the production sector in China, given that, uh, you know, there's been a deliberate ploy to try and slow this down at the expense of, uh, you know, trying to improve or increase consumption in the Chinese economy? But the PMI numbers that came out yesterday certainly were very 
very encouraging, both from a manufacturing sector point of view as well as from a services point of view, with PMI numbers coming in ahead of expectations at uh, 51.4 index points, uh, with, uh, you know, as we know, the 50 index point level separating expansion from contraction. So 51.4 well into expansion ter- territory, and the services uh, PMI numbers soar into 54 index points. Um, you know, this both came in ahead of expectations and both increased uh, from last month, where, in fact, for the last couple of months in the manufacturing PMI numbers, we've seen numbers just above the 50 index point level, uh, you know, indicating very, very little growth. So, Sakina, I think uh, this is a sign that, you know, the, the, the Chinese economy, the world's second largest economy, certainly is stabilizing. Um, you know, there's not too much to be concerned about in terms of uh, the, uh, the ripple impact onto, the, onto uh, other emerging markets, certainly, that do a lot of trade with China and, and, and export a lot of their raw materials uh, to China and South Africa would certainly fall into that bucket. Um, you know, we saw commodity prices holding up actually quite well yesterday after the numbers came out. We saw, uh, you know, industrial metals, a measure of zinc, lead, uh, zinc, uh, copper, um, aluminium, you know, all in composite up over half a percent. So, you know, but commodity prices reacting quite positively to the news. That's obviously good news for South Africa. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, this, th- these marginal improvements are going to continue to help our trade balance and uh, hopefully Sakina drag South Africa's economy, as mentioned earlier, out of a very low growth patch. But ultimately, uh, you know, China obviously has drastic impacts on, uh, you know, global growth for the rest of the world. We know that a lot of uh, the global go- growth rates over the last two decades was contributed by growth out of China. And, uh, you know, a continuously growing Chinese economy with 6.7% uh, growth coming in for the second quarter and expected for the third quarter as well. Um, you know, hopefully that's going to settle some jitters about the negative impact that's going to have on global growth. And, uh, you know, we can continue uh, to muddle along at, at, at this rate and uh, hopefully global growth will fare just okay, uh, which obviously presents a number of opportunities for companies to invest and for shareholders to and, uh, uh, continue to earn some rates of return. Well, thank you so much, Nadir. Token uh, Investment Analyst at 27.4 Investment Managers back again tomorrow. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. At seven minutes before...